It has a wonderful story that goes behind the characters. It's uh, just got this whimsicality to it that I just love and kind of brings those little guys that are on the page to life. I mean, how fun would it be to walk into a house and see a wolf sitting on a couch having a martini with his little sheep? (laughs) That would be fun. So I love that that kind of um, attitude with the book and Rory Dobner's. Name? Karen Zayback. Name on Instagram and YouTube? Zucchini Kitty. Lives in? I live in uh, Washington State in the U.S. Age? 56. Family? I have a wonderful husband and two beautiful children. They are grown up now. I have a son and a, and a daughter. And a cat. Favorite coloring book? Ooh, ink house. Favorite pencils or pens? I'm a pencil girl, so it's uh, Prismacolors. Coffee or tea? Definitely tea. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Passionista Colorista podcast. And uh, welcome to today's guest, the first guest this autumn, Karen. Hello, everybody, and hello, Isabel. And it's an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to have you here. And Zucchini Kitty, if you start there, why do you call yourself that on social media? Okay, I started on YouTube in 2012, and I had been watching uh, videos on my husband's account and thought I needed to make myself an account at that time, and um, we weren't uh, really putting our names on social media at that time of the um, when we were doing social medias in our house so what we did was come up with a uh, favorite vegetable and favorite (laughs) animal and put those two together so like my daughter's uh, channel's name is uh, tomato rabbit and i'm zucchini kitty i love zucchini and i do love kitties (laughs) it's also a play on the initials of my name so uh, KZ for Karen Zayback, and then I flipped them for Zucchini Kitty. So it's got two little analogs to go with it. <laughs> Thank you. Then I don't have to keep wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a silly thing, but that's how it started, and I figured I might as well just keep it and never change it. And we will come back to your YouTube channel. But first, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Before we dig into the channel and the coloring and the crafting, who are you? Uh, Well, I am a a wife to my husband, who is a wonderful man, and a mom to my kids. Uh, My son moved out of the house. My daughter still lives here. And like I said, they're both adults. I do love kitty cats. I did have one dog, and because I was so attached to her and she had passed away a long time ago, I cannot bring myself to have another puppy around the house. So we just do kitty cats. And um, let's see, I do a lot of gardening. If you follow me on Instagram, you will see occasionally flowers in a montage. 
So I do have a lot of rhododendrons, hydrangeas, rose bushes, lilac trees, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> You'll see pictures uh, occasionally about those. I do uh, floral arrangements just for my house. I also have a background in sewing, uh, crocheting, needlepoint, cross-stitching. I mean, you name it, I've kind of done it. I need to keep my hands busy, so I do crafting with my hands. I do altered art, which is just taking something that is a object and changing it into something you can use for another purpose and decorating it up at the same time. Along with doing journaling and traveler's notebooks, I've worked in leather and uh, just about every other medium there is. But how do you find time for all this <laughs> crafting and gardening? And wow, you're doing so much. Uh, during the week, uh, we'll put it this way, I was I was self-employed in two um, positions during my younger life. I started off as a self-employed um, daycare provider in my own home when my children were little until they got into high school. And then after that, I decided that I would get out of the daycare business and I started my own house cleaning service. So I worked at that until 2015, where I decided then with my husband's consent that I would retire. <laughs> so now I do not work and I just stay at home. So during the morning hours, I am in the garden doing what I need to do out there. And then in the afternoon, I come in, I will color at least a picture or two during the week, uh, try to get the videos done for those. And um, during the weekends, I will do just about everything else. I'm going to kind of put a question mark on that because during the months of November and December, I'm extremely busy over at my mother-in-law's house getting her house ready for the holidays on the weekends. <laughs> but are you happy with your retired life? It seems uh, it sounds very nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I enjoy it though, so. But what you must have been you were creative as a kid? Yes, I was a creative child. I kind of um Stayed away from TV. I'm not a big TV fan. I do listen to the radio occasionally, but to fill in uh, my time, I did all the little creative things when I was a child. I it was sewing in the sixth grade. I made my own clothes. When I got into high school, I was doing uh, paintings and doing murals on the walls in inside the school, in the teachers' lounge, and in the band room. So yeah creative as a child. And uh, it didn't start with coloring then. You had done a lot before that. But how did the coloring book love started? It all started on YouTube where, you know, you get those little pop-ups that say, would you like to watch this show? <laughs> and one of them popped up with uh, Joanna Basford coloring something. And I peeked at that for a few times and she was giving away a free uh, coloring page. And I thought, well, I'll try that out because, you know, I've not tried coloring books and I kind of lose interest in some things rather quickly. And 
I thought, well, I'll try that out, and I did. It was a mermaid um, picture, I believe, and I got it done, and I thought, well, that was fun, and I went and bought her secret garden book, and I colored, I believe it was the first page. It has two trees and a bunch and bunch of tiny, tiny little leaves. <laughs> What I did was I colored it, and then I put it in the bo- uh, little bookcase, and then I said, I don't know. So that was 2015, and I left the book inside the drawer for, like, two years. Oh. Then I watched somebody, and I believe it was Dee Dee Willingham, who had taken out a Mythomorphia book from Kirby Roseanne and was coloring a page in that with her um acrylic paints and then using pencil on top and I got hooked on that so I just bought bought all the Kirby Roseanne's books and started coloring in those so basically it started with Joanna Vassford and went to Kirby but what what did you use in the books from the beginning in uh Joanne Basford book, I used um, the colored pencils I had sitting around on my desk because I do um, cards also. And I had bought a small set of Prismacolors along with a uh, set of, I think they're called Marco Renoir or Refine. Yeah, Refine colors. And those were my colored pencils I had sitting on my desk in a box and I started coloring with those and of course doing cards I also used distress ink and I thought well around the edges in in the uh, areas so that I can't color real well I'll just use that and um, that's how the distress ink ended up in all my coloring books <laughs> because you're kind of famous for using distress inks in your books Well, I didn't mean to be, but (laughs) it is one of my favorite uh, mediums to use. So I've been using them for seven years and uh, started off, like I said, with cards and um, journaling uh, pages when I was doing those. So for the seven years I've been using them, I figured out I could probably use them in a coloring book. And because I've used them that long, I kind of know how they work and how I can manipulate them a little bit. And when I did one of the uh, pictures in um, a book, I think it was Nadia Vesglossi, and I did a, a, a lion or something in that book, one of these critters. It's either a lion or a wolf, and I used the inks in there. And then I just figured, well, I could even color a whole picture just with the distress inks. People seem to like it, and so I just keep it with me. So how many distress inks do you have? Do you have them all? Not all of them, but (laughs) quite a few. I mean, I could count them, but (laughs) might take a little while. It's like two, four, six, eight. I probably have about 30 of them, maybe 40. But they are in ranges of colors, like the browns, the blues, the greens, the pinks, reds. You know, your basic um, colors. There's a few oranges in there, a few purples, blacks, grays, and then some neony bright colors. But most of them are muted because Distress Ink is kind of a muted medium itself. It's supposed to make everything look vintage. <laughs> What is it about the, the those that you like? 
Well, I love the colors. I love the um, versatility of the uh, medium itself. I like it, how you can either put it down with just the sponge or a applicator of some sort. You can also use it as a watercolor by putting it on a plastic sheet and just picking it up with water and your paintbrush. So you can use it like watercolor. When you lay it down on the paper, you can also spray it with water and lift color off. Kind of like a um, when you use watercolor and you put salt down, it gives you that kind of splattered effect. I've never put salt on this particular product, but <laughs> that might be something fun to try. Uh, that's kind of what I like about it is you can darken edges really quick. You can put down a base color on anything and you can make the color deeper and darker by putting more ink on it. It's just a kind of a fun product to use. But it's very unforgiving. It's ink. <laughs> You've got to keep that in mind. It's just like uh, when you're using your uh, ink tents. When you're putting it down, you want to use, either use a small amount or a very light, light amount of the Distress ink first. And you never want to pounce your ink uh, applicator down hard. You want to make sure you use it very softly or at an angle so you can drag the color in. It's just something you have to play with and like any other medium like pencils or paints, you just kind of have to practice a little bit on a couple of blank sheets first before you stick it in your coloring book. Also, you, I always recommend on anything that you're using in your color books, go to the back of the book and do a test page just to make sure that that product will actually work in some of those books. Distress ink is very unforgiving on some paper and goes down really, really nice on others. So you always want to make sure you give a test down on the back of your book to make sure it works fine. Because it always looks very easy when you do, do, do it, but you have practiced very long also. Yeah, it would be like watching someone who's watercolored for 15 years and they put it down and you go, how did they do that? Yes. <laughs> It's the same with the uh, distress inks because I've used them as long as I have. And, uh, yeah, I, I have watched uh, the creator that made them. His name's Tim Holtz, and he has a YouTube channel and a blog, and he can teach you um, little tricks that he has done and how to use it on a page and how to get them to blend and all that kind of stuff. And I watched him for a couple of years, too, so that always helps. Because I tried on one page, I just bought two pads and tried and I was shocked how <laughs> difficult it was because I thought it would feel a bit, little bit like soft pastels, but it was much more, it came out much more color and the, then it was there. I couldn't take it away. <laughs> a little spritz of water <laughs> and a wash rag. That's what I do. Um, you think I could have done that? Well, you probably still can. They are water-activated inks. So if you, t like I have a little, um, it's a dispress spray, a sprayer is what it's called, but it's like a little spray bottle. And if you spray it on some of those areas and just lift it up with a, I use a um, washcloth to pull up the water and it'll pull up some of the ink with it. It won't pull all of it, but it'll pull little bits, and then you'll get a nice little splattered effect. Mm -hmm. See, I do a lot of mistakes when I'm coloring, and I leave those in my videos. 
<laughs> on purpose for people to see. And I'll say, see, now I've left a little circle here when I'm doing my inking, and this is how I'm going to fix it. You can also take a water brush and use a little bit of water on that area and kind of blend it a little bit if you get too much of an, a line in there or something you don't like. So there's always a way to fix a little bit of problem. You just have to be creative about it. So how do you, how much pressure do you need to pick up the ink from the pad? It depends on how inky your pad is. Uh, it's the same as, um, you know, when you're coloring with a pencil, how sharp you want to get the lead to make certain lines and stuff. So if your ink pad has been used, and I'm going to say this, mine are seven years old, and I've only had to re-ink uh, two of them. Oh. So the ink in those pads lasts a long time. Uh, I just ink one quarter of my uh, applicator, and I rub it hard enough where I can see the ink come onto the uh, little spongy pad. Then I take it on a separate piece of paper and dab it to make sure that there is enough ink or the amount of ink I want on there, and then I'll re-ink it and dab a little tiny bit off before I go to my page. I know that the corners of those pads will get a little more ink in them because I'm actually using the corner of the pad, not the flat surface. So I know that that little corner piece is going to get a little more ink on it, so I always make sure I tap that on a separate piece of paper before, before I start on my coloring books. And when I do go into my coloring books, because I usually will put pencil down first, and then I'm inking away from the pencil, or if I'm doing it on a page that has a big black line, that's where I will put that corner down first, either in the pencil or on the black line and bring it out from there. So if I do get that little arch or that little half moon circle, it's going to be either on the black or on my pencil. It will not stick to the Prismacolors because they are wax-based, so you mm. can wipe it right off. And there you have another little hint. <laughs> Very good, because I have seen that you have used sometimes post-its to protect your pages as well. Yes, I will put post-its around if I don't want ink on one portion of the page. So if I want to keep a white border or if I'm coloring inside and I have straight edges, I will use the post-it notes around the edges of that. And then I'll put the ink actually on the post-it note and bring it into the picture. That's also something I will do if I want to uh, protect, say, the main focus of the picture, if there's a... We'll just say a big cat in the middle and I don't want to ink the cat. I will actually make a photocopy of the page. I will cut the cat out on my photocopy and place it right on top of the cat that is on the page and do it that way if it's a you know ah. delicate thing. Yeah, so it's you can always find something to do. <laughs> You, that is uh, quite a lot of work for, I mean, you could use another uh, medium, so you didn't need to do that. But you you want to use your distress inks. I'm kind of a frugal person, so I have my distress inks. I love them, so I will put in the extra work to use them. Um, I know other people can go out and, you know, purchase or get another product out to use it, but... 
since I am so used to using them, I would prefer just to cut out a little piece of paper, stick it on there and put it on. The, the look I get from those is something I like. I'll put it that way. Not everybody does. They are kind of a vintage look. They're, you know, they're smoothish, but not really. And they are an ink-based product. So a lot of people, you know, they have their preferences. But I'm not going to, and I've seen beautiful work of people who can take their pencils and go in and do all that shading in the background. I don't have the time. (laughs) So the ink to me is faster. And it may be a little more work to cut little corners or to put post-it notes on something. But to me, I can get it done a little quicker doing it that way than to try to get the shading all perfect with the, the pencils. And I guess you must know all the shades in, in sleep uh, by now. Yeah, I know all of the the colors. And one of the things about the inks is you can put a really light base down, and that is one shade. And then if you put another coat on, it just gets darker, darker, and darker. So you can get a variegated look really easy with them. And then, like, if you're in with brown tones, you start with a lighter tone and then go to a deeper tone. And then you can always add a black on top of it also and make it a beautiful variegated shade of colors and you can mix all these inks that's the nice thing about the distress inks you can add um like with the yellow you can add an orange on top of it and get a nice glowing for a lantern you can take the um the reds the orange and the yellow and make a beautiful winter leaf i mean it's it's endless what you can do with them so it's kind of fun that way for me (laughs) that's why i enjoy them But do you also like ink tents? You talked about those. Yes, I'm an ink lady too. So <laughs> I love my ink tents just as much. I do um, use them more as a um, watercoloring effect. I would uh, put it down that way. I don't usually usually use the pencil straight on the paper. I usually just use it on a plastic sheet and then pick it up with a water brush and paint with it. I have on a couple of pictures just colored with the um, ink tents right on the page, but sometimes it gets a little too dark or a little thick when I'm moving the ink tents, so I prefer to do it on the um, plastic sheet and use it as the watercolor, but I love those too. I've got a lot of love relationships with my pencils and my inks. <laughs> <laughs> they each have their beautiful little bat packages to be in and they're really cute and <laughs> I take care of them very nicely. <laughs> Do you have any more ink products? Um yes. <laughs> I have uh distress ink refills. I have the um alcohol Uh, inks, they are used on metals. I have uh, distressing sprays that you can spray on to your projects. I have um, chalk ink. I have the oxide inks. And I have um, the more alcohol-based inks for um, stamping on cards. So the black inks they are not recommended to go into the coloring books because those particular ones are archival and they bleed through paper they're just for card making 
So yeah, I have a lot of ink. I even have um, the little Winsor Newton um, bottles of ink. I paint with those too. How? How do you use them? <laughs> I use them just kind of like watercolor. I will actually take the ink out, put it on a plastic sheet, add a little bit of water to it, and then just paint with it on a paper. I don't use them in color books, though, because they will bleed through. But I, um, if I'm going to paint a card or anything, I can use those for that. They give a nice, bright, brilliant color. I don't know if you're supposed to use them that way, but that's the way I use them. <laughs> I kind of understand now why Ink House is your favorite book, but please tell us why do you, is that your favorite? Oh, I absolutely love the um, the pictures in there. It's it's just a happy book. It has a wonderful story that goes behind the characters. It's uh, just got this whimsicality to it that I just love, and kind of brings those little guys that are on the page to life. I mean, how fun would it be to walk into a house and see a wolf sitting on a couch having a martini with his little sheep? <laughs> that would be fun. So I love that that kind of um, attitude with the book and Roy Dodner's. But the book is kind of special. The paper and the pictures, they are already quite shaded and some of it are almost colored in a bit. How do you color in it? I kind of leave some of those areas um, as they are and add a little shading in. So if it has a blue background on like the wallpaper and then you have some leaves, I'll color in the leaves and the blue uh, that's already there. I just shade up a little bit and around so it doesn't look like it's just plain paper, just adding a little more definition to it. The um, other parts I just, when I started coloring it, I thought, well, I'm going to ruin this book because, you know, that's what I believe every colorist thinks when they get a book they're intimidated by. Mm. And I said, I'm not going to be intimidated by this. I am just going to color it. And what the heck, if I ruin this particular one, I will order a new one. <laughs> And so far, I haven't screwed it up too much. So <laughs> I'm having fun coloring it. And what I think in my mind is, Somebody would want to see this with um, coloring and illustrations that have got some more to it. And if you were going to flip through the book, what would you like to see? And so that I'm coloring it kind of as an illustrator's um, kind of happy, put a little bit of color in here and then a little bit more. But I'm not kind of trying to overdo it. I'm not painting the backgrounds black and putting, you know, splatters on it or anything i'm just giving that page that's already in existence a little more color to come to life and uh, distress ink and ink tense is what you are using in it yes the inked house gets ink <laughs> with a tiny bit of pencil for shading and does it work good in the book it works beautiful in that book Everything that I put in there, the distress ink, the water, the uh, colors that I put in there, everything just blends really nice in there. No peeling or peeling of the paper, no blend, blurring of the black or the blues. It all just goes in really nice. Paper doesn't wrinkle too much, and if it does, there's two ways to get rid of that. You can either put your book under weight and flatten it out, or you can get a um, iron 
no water in your iron on a low setting. Put it down on a piece of wood or a hard surface and iron your page flat. Either way works. How many pages have you done in this book? Oh boy, I think I have maybe six pages left to do. Oh, you are almost done. Yeah, and I'm kind of putting it off because I'll be sad. <laughs> I have other books to color, so I'm kind of leaving a couple of pages to, for the um, end of the year. But I'm aiming to get it done this year. Have you finished any else, any other book? I finished uh, Thanamorphia. Uh, that's one of Kirby Roseanne's books, and I finished that one, I think, um, about three months ago four months ago, something like that. So that one's completed book. So I'll have, at the end of the year, two complete books. That's impressive. And what are you doing with your finished books? Looking at them. <laughs> I put them out on the table downstairs. Um, we have a formal living room, and it has a big uh, coffee table, and I just leave them sitting down there. For anybody who comes in, they can peruse them, or I can look at them when I'm down there. And uh, what comments do you get from people that see that sees them? Well, it depends on the book. <laughs> like uh, Kirby's book, it's like, well, these are really nicely done, but they're kind of an odd picture, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, the ink house, when I've left it down there, I've showed it to my mother-in-law. Uh, the Ink House and the um, Hannah Carlson book that I'm doing in the same colors. And her remark was, you didn't do these. <laughs> and I thought that was the best remark I could get. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me very, very happy. <laughs> and that you were mentioning that Hannah Carlson book that you are coloring in the same colors, palette, the same palette through the book. Uh, tell us more about that project. Well, I started it off um, and I thought, well, I'm going to use just the four primary colors, blue, red, and um, oh, what's the other one? Blue, red, yellow? And yellow, yellow, yes. <laughs> Can't get my head to think this early in the morning. Okay, so um, the yellow is kind of uh, out of the palette, but the yellow mixes with blue and makes green. So the green went in, then, the blue stays, and then the uh, red kind of morphed into the reddish-pink colors. And then, so we have the blue, the pinks, and the greens as the colors, with a little bit of yellows and blacks and whites, just, you know, because they're shades. The yellow comes in because it's a primary color. So I can mix any of those together to make a different color, or I can bring in a certain color if I need it. I gave, it, gave myself permission to do that. But the, most of the book is done in the same um, colors, same pencils. And I have a little pouch on my desk that holds those pencils that go to that book. And did we say what book, book it was? Um, it is uh, Magical Dawn. And why? why? <laughs> How did you come up with that idea? Well, I colored one picture in there, and I liked it, and I said, what the heck, I'm going to do the whole book this way, just for fun. I think it was probably during the time where everybody was coming up with um, color challenges. Uh, you know, they would uh, put up a 
page on a Facebook group that had like four or five colors on it, and you were supposed to color a page. And I thought, well, heck, I'm just going to do the whole book. I put a lot of pressure on myself <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but I think the book's coming out really nicely. That's also, I have the um, distress inks that match those particular colors. So I use the distress inks in that book, too, to match those pages. And I will allow myself to put sparkle in wherever I want. So that book is the sparkliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was going to ask, don't you get tired of those colors? Well, I don't work on the book uh, daily. So I will do a, every two weeks maybe a page. So I don't get tired of the colors in that book because during the uh, off time of not coloring in it, I've got the other books that I can color in in any color I want. So I just keep going back and forth. And it's kind of a challenge to figure out because some of those pages in that book um, don't lend themselves to those colors. So it's a challenge trying to get those colors to work in certain spots. But I like that challenge. So I'm finding that a, a really fun project that I'm doing. How many pages have you done in that book? Hmm, you're going to make me count, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I do have a playlist on my um, channel of all the pages I've done in this book. Uh, let's see. That's one, two. <laughs> you can edit this out, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> or speed it up. Uh, three, four, five, six, um, 24 and a half. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of pages in there. <laughs> You are doing ink house with inks and you have this uh, uh, challenge where you are doing Magical Dawn with the same palette throughout the book. Do you have more challenges in other books? Nope. Those are the only two that I have put a challenge on myself for. Um, the Mouse Guard book is also being done in just inks. But other than that, it's, it's just because... They look good that way in those particular books. It just suits the picture. They're darker and they're, um, well, they're mice. They just look good in ink. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, other than that, the rest of my books are, are free reign for me to color whatever I want to color in them. Is the feeling you get when you are coloring the same that you get when you are doing cards or sewing or other crafting stuff? Coloring is a different feeling. Um, when I'm coloring, I kind of get a, a relaxed feeling in the beginning, and then I get excited because I'm bringing the picture to life, and I like that, and it's kind of fun to watch it come together. And then at the end, you get the kind of gratification of what you've created from a line drawing to what you did. So that is a lot different than, say, making a card, uh, because the card one is, is it's it's a card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating it from a piece of paper, but I mean, it's going off to someone else and I just want it to look nice. And it does, but, you know, off it goes and I don't see it again. The coloring you get to revisit and relook at and you can learn from it and you can see what you may want to change the next time you do another coloring. Cards to me are, um, you know, there's something 
that I can make to give someone else joy. You like muted colors, you said. Yes. Why? I'm a fall person. I love fall colors, and I don't terribly like bright, bright colors. During the summer and spring, I like um, brighter colors, but they're not as bright as some people like neons and bright hot pinks and all that kind of stuff. I'm not... uh, I'm not quite like that. I, when gardening and stuff, if I probably take more colors from nature. And when I'm out and working and stuff, the the flowers do have some bright colors to them, but most of them are, in my neck of the woods, more muted tones. So I kind of pick my colors from that. How do you decide colors for a page? It all depends on the page. Usually I will pick the center portion of the page, say if it's a butterfly, and you want uh, the butterfly done in a pinks and purples or some blues or something, that would be the main portion of the page. And then if there's like flowers or something around, I will probably pull one of those colors out and do the flowers in those colors and pull a shade out to do the leaves. So it kind of um, brings it out into the rest of the page and makes it a little more cohesive. But if you'll notice on any of my pages that I color, there's not a big range of colors in it. So if it's like pink flowers, green leaves, they're both going to be kind of a muted color. You'll have a animal or something that's going to be, you know, a brown, black or a blue or something that'll match those colors. So I kind of just blend them that way. I kind of like to do a, at least a group of three if I'm going to bring in another color. So it would have to be a, like a blue up at the top, a blue down in the middle, and a blue on the other side, just so you would have your eye going more pleasantly around the page. Back to your YouTube channel. How did that start? Oh, boy, uh, there's a question. <laughs> it started off um, back, way back. I'm trying to think. When my, it had been 2012 when I was just getting into it. I belonged to a Facebook group for um, uh, scrapbooking is what it was called. And I was asked to do a tutorial on a card I had made. So I thought about it and said, okay, I can show you how I made a card. And it went over pretty well. So I just kept making the videos on the projects I was doing at the time. I was a uh, design team member to one of the um, shops back then. And for a year and a half, I was doing design team projects for that company. And uh, just kept going and doing videos uh, just to try to show people how you can do something just a little bit simpler than other people were showing them how to do it. And after that, you kept doing similar videos, or? Yeah, I just kept uh, going on with um, all the videos on my channel. So they range from altered projects, cards, journaling, <laughs> making things um, like a traveler's notebook and all the things that go in it um, to doing just pages 
in the journals and then uh, up to coloring. How important is the channel channel for you? I really enjoy doing the channel. I love all the comments that I get. I like the interaction with people and I love to um, kind of show people that you can do things and making mistakes is okay. You can always fix them. I spend a lot of time answering questions. So I I really enjoy my channel and I really, really appreciate every one of my subscribers. Do you have any favorite coloring tools? I have a um, electric eraser, which I love. Uh, it's uh, uh, Ouhu or whatever. It's O-H-U-H-U. It's a little electric eraser. I love that thing. I have a little makeup brush I use to dust my page. At least I try to remember to dust my page with it. I have a doll uh, 133 pencil sharpener that I could not live without. I also have a Stadler one that I use with my hands, but my hands, um, they're not as young as they used to be. <laughs> And using a hand pencil sharpener uh, tends to hurt my wrists. So I went with the um, pencil sharpener that sits on my desk. It's a crank one, and it, it's adjustable. So you can make a sharp, sharp point on the polychromos, and you can turn the dial down and make a less sharp point for the prismas, and it works really well on that. Mm. Um, my distress tools are actually, you know, just the ones that come with the distress things. So they're the mini tool distress pads. I have square ones, I have round ones, and I have itty bitty teeny tiny one. Not that impressed with the teeny tiny ones, but I do use them because I have them. And like I said, I'm frugal. If I have it, I use it. <laughs> I'm not replacing them until they die. <laughs> um, stickles are a very important thing for my uh, Hannah Carlson books. I love to have glitter in them, but I don't like glue and glitter. So the stickles are my friend. Stickles are a kind um, of of uh, glitter glue. Yeah, they're glitter glue, but they are um, also from Ranger, which is a off uh, from Tim Holtz. Um, when I started all my crafting and stuff, I just bought everything I could with Tim Holtz's name on it because I love his products. Um, stickles, um, they don't stay as puffy as some of the glitter glues. They kind of dry. The glue kind of uh, disappears and the glitter just stays. So it's, they're not quite as puffy. I have the stickles in um, kind of the clear colors. So, you know, their diamond gives you kind of a gold sparkle. And um, crystal kind of gives you a blue sparkle. And then there's an icicle that kind of looks like snow. And then I have silver and gold, and those are my favorite. I do have the colored ones, but I don't like them quite as much. And guess what? You can get the same colors in stickles as you can in Distress Inks. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> see a the pattern. Same colors. <laughs> what are your best, you have already given us a lot of good tips, but what are your best coloring tips in general? Well, my best coloring tip would be to take your time to learn the medium you use in your coloring books first to make sure you know what it's going to do inside your book. Another tip is make sure that you always do a test page 
in the book somewhere, like the back page or a page you really aren't going to color, to make sure that those mediums will work and how they'll work. Because in some books, they just react different. Pencils sometimes will color great in one book and not so good in another book. So always do that testing. And the last thing I would love to tell everybody as a tip is have fun when you're doing your coloring. Don't put any pressure on yourself to try to make it look like anything else or someone else's stuff. If you even in your watching a tutorial, you don't need to follow them step by step. You can use your own colors, your own uh, inspiration from the video that they are making for you. And just have fun with it and enjoy it. And if you're happy with it when you're done, that is the goal. You don't have to have anybody else happy, just yourself. And I want everybody to know that. Thank you, Karen, for joining my podcast. It was super nice to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you. It was lovely talking to you, too. And uh, thank you, everyone, that have been listening. And uh, see you in next episode. And goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.